Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. So we are less than two weeks away from one of the cool events here in Vegas, and we have so many cool events, but uh, I, I think this one is tremendous. We've got uh, some of the biggest names in all of women's basketball in town, along uh, with the men. They're part of the doubleheader. But Kim Mulkey's with us, the uh, coach at LSU. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. So how fired up are you for, uh, one, a trip to Vegas uh, with the opener and a, a chance to showcase your new look, Tigers, uh, after winning a national championship? Well, I'm always excited to be able to go to Vegas. I wish I didn't have to work. That's the only bad thing. <laughs> um, but it'll be fun for our, our team and um, open up against a really, really good Colorado team who made it to the Sweet 16 and has seven of their eight returning players back. And uh, we have some great players back, but we've, um, you know, we've got some new ones. So it'll be a tough game for us to open with. So why are you a uh, lover of Las Vegas? Because you never sleep. You're always, there's always something to do, you know, the city of lights. And I'm not a big gambler. Now I will, you know, do blackjack, but you know, I'm kind of stingy with my money. So if I can't control it, I'm not going to do it. So, but I do enjoy uh, going to shows. I've seen many people in Vegas through the years and uh, it's just a fun place to be. We've got a, uh, Four games set here in Vegas on Monday, November 6th. It's the Hall of Fame series with uh, Naismith Hall of Fame. Tickets start at 25 bucks. HOFseries.com is where you can get your tickets. And uh, as Coach Mulkey said, LSU's taking on Colorado. That leads into a USC-Kansas State men's game. Um, I'm going to ask you straight out. I actually, when I saw this announced, I was like, well, you know, Angel Reese and Kim Mulkey are coming and the national champions, and they should be the headliner. Do you get a little sassed up that you're not the headliner, or is this just the way it is? Well, listen, every game we play is a headline in our locker room, yeah. and uh, we uh, we realize that a lot of people put expectations on us this year, but as I will tell everybody, we're not the same team that finished the year last year. Everybody, you know, loses players. We lost three of our starting five, and uh, yeah, it's, it's just going to be a, a different team. We will be very talented, no question, but, um, you know, give us time. Give us time to you know, kind of put the pieces together like we did last year, and I think we could make a good run. Why have you embraced NIL and, in turn, the transfer market? Well, if you don't, you see what's happening across the country to certain football coaches and programs. You better uh -huh. embrace it or you're going to get left behind. And I don't think any coach in any sport really uh, was for it when it first was being introduced. But then I just kind of watched it unfold, and I thought, this is not going anywhere. So we either embrace it or we, um, we're going to lose recruits. And it's not embracing it to where we're going to give you more collective money than the next school. It's more marketing. It's more of having someone on your staff that gives these young ladies an opportunity to do things other than bounce a basketball. And uh, I think I was the first one on the women's side to uh, give one of my coaches the responsibility that you're in charge of NIL and you are to work with the NIL department at LSU. And I don't want to know anything about it because, you know, I'm an old dog and sometimes those old dogs don't want to learn new tricks, but I'm smart enough to put people in charge that do and understand it. So if we go back some 30 years, uh, we can go back a little further, not to date the both of us, but uh, um, at the beginning of your coaching career and the beginning of your head coaching career, could you ever imagine 
the sort of benefits that your ladies are getting outside of basketball. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Um, I saw an interview about, a, uh, I don't know, about a week ago with uh, Angel Reese, and she was talking about all the different people she met, and she can't even really name all of them because she's met so many. And then I didn't really know about um, Flau J. Johnson and her background, and, you know, as a kid was a big star, and uh, AGT. I mean, this is it's pretty incredible where women's basketball has come from a celebrity and benefit standpoint. I don't think any of us could have envisioned that this would happen in collegiate sports, period. Yeah. And especially in, in the female sports, um, it, it's just kind of, you sit back. I don't even know what my kids have NIL, who they have NIL deals with. I get sent stuff because I don't do social media. My coaches do it for the program with my name attached, but they'll say, did you know one of your players did a commercial for this? I don't. Because I'm focused on basketball, but if there's an opportunity outside of basketball for them to go do what they do, it's 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 good. If if it's within the rules, go do it. But um, no, I don't think any of us could envision that this was ever going to happen because it was always amateur sports is what collegiate sports is all about. And then when you get to pros, you can do that type of stuff. But for years, you couldn't even buy a Coke. A donor couldn't even buy a Coke for a kid. You couldn't let them come to your house and wash clothes. You couldn't do all these things. And now it's it's just crazy to me how it's changed. Talking to Kim Mulkey, you got the big game coming up, uh, set of games. There's an 11A series of two games at T-Mobile Arena on November 6th, HOFseries.com. And then the headliners, LSU Colorado, on the women's side, go at it 430 at T-Mobile Arena on November 6th, and also USC and Kansas State. Damon? Coach, I've got to ask you, Steve mentioned NIL, but with the transfer portal, how much easier is it to recruit kids to come over in the transfer portal once you can say, hey, we got a natty? Well, it's certainly easier, but it's also uh, I look at it both ways. It can be devastating. Uh, if you have a great player that just decides, hey, I'm done here, I want to go uh, here, they can leave you. And, and it just it hurts your program because you spend all these years building your program and hoping that you have them or expecting to have them for four years, and then, boom, they're gone. So it's good and it's bad. And uh, we have benefited certainly at LSU and and that we got Angel Reese and others, and then we've got Haley Van List this year and Morrow. But, uh, again, uh, whether you want to do it or you like doing it, you better do it. And we're not going to build our program around just transfers because I think you, you must develop young players out of high school as well. And so we had the number one recruiting class last year. So I think we've got a good combination of both, but we have to embrace it just like we do the NIL. In blending the newcomers uh, with the holdovers, I know you have about 60% of your production back, but it's going to be very important for uh, Haley Van Lith to be productive, Anissa Moore to be productive. Um, how do you know that you know your current stars, your leaders like Angel Reese will be cool and let everything kind of blend together? Because they want to win. That's something I've learned through the years. Uh, the great ones, guys, they don't care about stats. They want to win championships. And I think that when you're sitting at a school and you don't feel like you have an opportunity to win a championship, you want to go be a part of it. And I think that those that are part of it embrace those that want to come and be a part of it. And I have found that to not be a problem at all. Uh, can you imagine uh, sharing the, the, the ball, sharing the wealth? Um, it's fun. And 
if you've never done it, there is nothing greater in sports than winning a championship. And when you think about the number of athletes in all sports, it's really a small percentage that ever say they, they've won the big one. And uh, I've been blessed to be around some of those championships and uh, won't ever forget them. Coach, when you have eight or nine players that can be starters anywhere else in the country, how difficult does it make your job when it comes to practice and, you know, picking that starting five? Well, see, starting five in my world and in a lot of coaches' world, worlds, it means nothing. You don't start the best five. Uh, that's part of coaching. You have to find those that play well together. You've got to figure out who your defensive stoppers are. Uh, you want to be in the rotation of eight to nine players because those are the ones that get the most minutes. You want to be in the rotation. To heck with starting. If you want to start, heck, I can start you, but I'm pull you out within minutes. <laughs> Nobody cares about that at this level. What they care about is I want to be in that game when it matters. I want to be – uh, relevant in the game, and I want to be in that woman's rotation. And I think any any player, any coach will tell you that. It's not about starting. I think that's such a misconception that's put in young people's minds because usually at the junior high level or elementary level, you pick your five best and you throw them out there because you don't have any more than those five. But when you start getting at, at the higher levels of sports, you've got too many to sit there and, and emphasize starting it. That doesn't mean a thing to me. I'm going to play an exhibition game tonight, and I'm going to start five that people will go, what the heck? But it's for the benefit of our team so I can see when the lights come on who's ready. The LSU women are going to be in Las Vegas on November 6th. Uh, Kim Mulkey, of course, along with them, the uh, championship-winning coach defending their national title. They'll take on Colorado. You can get tickets at T-Mobile at HOFseries.com. Last couple things to hit on. I mean, there is no better place than Vegas to uh, unveil a new Queen of Sparkles uh, jacket. So do you have something special planned for the lights in Sin City? Well, I would imagine um, Queen of Sparkles, who does give me a lot of my uh, jackets, will have something ready. um, And they'll lay it on my bed, and I'll decide yay or nay. Um, I'm blessed that you know, people care about how I dress, but I've always dressed nice. It's just that LSU, it's a little bit sparklier, if there's such a word. It's a little bit more flamboyant because, you know, we we do things crazy in, in Louisiana, and they do at Vegas as well. So I would imagine it's going to be something nice. <laughs> Coach, something that I wanted to ask you, a couple of years ago in your introductory press conference, you said you missed the Louisiana food. Since you've won the national championship, have you had to pay for a meal around campus? <laughs> You're funny. Uh, actually, this guys, we know how to eat around here, and we know how to cook. You don't have to use salt and pepper when you sit down to eat a meal. We cook all that in our food. Uh, but, yeah, I do enjoy going to different restaurants, and I have had to pay. Um, but a lot of times I don't. And, you know, everybody's just so appreciative and so grateful that uh, we brought such positive recognition to our state. And it's good to be back home. And a lot of the people that own the restaurants I've known my whole life. And uh, it's they know I love to eat. Thank goodness I don't drink. Can you believe that? (laughs) I grew up down here and I've never had a drop of alcohol in my life. Uh, But they sure love to feed me. Yeah, I, uh, I was actually in New Orleans last week, and uh, I drank, so I had to, uh, along with along with the great <laughs> food. So you got, you got to do it when you're in New Orleans. All right, well, we're looking hey, forward. I'm a to... great bartender, though. Now, I, you know, oh, there you, you go. grew up watching all your friends and relatives drink, so you kind of learn. What are you doing? And you just kind of learn. But 
uh, I just I'm afraid of it because if I like it, I might not ever stop. Coach, well, you like winning, so uh, I know you're addicted <laughs> to that, and we'll we'll see you in a couple of Mondays, and we're looking forward to this uh, set of games. Thanks for coming on with us. Y'all take care. Kim Mulkey. We grabbed the conversation yesterday with uh, Coach Mulkey, LSU coach, possibly, I'll do this, possibly the greatest female basketball team we've ever seen in, on the collegiate level. I'll say collegiate five times, but they are loaded. Uh, we get a chance to see them up close. The I kept saying a set of games. It's actually a quartet of games. It's a uh, set of sessions. Hall of Fame series goes down in Vegas, Naismith Hall of Fame. Tickets start at 25 bucks. HOFseries.com is where you go. On Monday, November 6th, the season opens across the country. 11 a.m. Uh, at T-Mobile, we've got the women, USC and Ohio State. The men then play between Oregon and Georgia. LSU, led by Angel Reese and Kim Mulkey, play Colorado on the women's side, and then USC and Kansas State to close things out. So uh, four games starting at 11 a.m. It's going to be a really cool event. And the only bummer. Lindsay and Devon, mm-hmm. the only bummer, because I started hyping this thing back in probably April, May, is that USC has Bronny James, LeBron's son, but he had a heart issue about mm-hmm. two months ago, so he's not cleared yet. But these are the kind of events, you know, now that we've hosted a regional, these are the kind of events we can host. These are awesome. Well, now we get Deion Sanders' daughter, though. Doesn't she play for Colorado? So she should be in town. So at least there will be some tinsel there, but – uh, the collection of talent, I, I think, is definitely going to be up there. As you mentioned, probably the best, uh, one of the best basketball teams ever assembled. Now that they have Haley Van Lith on that team, along with Angel Reese and, and Flo J, and we'll we'll see how it goes, right? Like Caitlin Clark's going to have something to say. Uh, uh, I, I know Lindy Larock and the and the and the Lady Rebs got something to say. Stanford's always in the conversation, but. Uh, there, there's really no more. There's no bigger stage right now for women's sports, I think, than the than collegiate basketball. And so I'm really excited Ooh, to see. Wait a how, second. What? Wait a second. Will you jump on board this bandwagon? Uh, I was saying the last couple of days, and again, going back to like May, I believe women's college basketball right now is actually bigger than the WNBA. Hundred percent, a thousand percent, it is, and and because the, it's not so much that college takes care of them, because we saw Sedona, I think Price's tweet a couple years ago, and they had the NCAA tournament, they gave them like basically some hand weights from the hotel, like we're not that far removed from it, but it's more I think of the constrictions that the WNBA has placed on itself, being a, an entity born out of charity, really, because most of these teams are offshoots from NBA teams that haven't been funded to the degree because they were not seen as profitable entities and so they weren't invested as such and so there's a little bit more mobility with that in college basketball all the talents there the the brands that we're seeing and and so the WBA better figure it out quick because they yeah. could mess this up they could mess this up and 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 the, the WNBA means so much more when it comes to like social cause and stuff. They're at, they're at the tip of the spear, but the force is in in the collegiate game. I'm right there with you, Steve. Yeah, I don't I don't think the NBA and the owners and Adam Silver really believe in the WNBA. No, um, I know lo- I know local markets and these conferences and women's basketball. They believe in their product, and I mean it's exhibited in so many of these places. By the way, how much money do you think? LSU players are taking in this year. Oh. I know I know Mulkey said she doesn't follow NIL. Trust me. She knew the numbers that they had to throw Anissa Moore to move over from DePaul. She's a 25 and 12 lady. Uh, mm-hmm. They certainly I would guess gave Haley Van Lith NIL out of the gates north of probably 300,000. That would probably be the minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So if there's if there's boosters and local businesses that want to support these ladies in these markets, I mean, I haven't seen anything on Caitlin, Caitlin Clark. I'm sure she's making a freaking. I bet boat it's load. obscene. Think yeah. about it. Think about it. Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark could keep playing in college and just go. You know what? It's not worth going to the WNBA. I'm not going to make the same money. How pathetic right. is that? Uh, it, it is pathetic, and that's why it's so important to have owners like Mark Davis and the size with New York that they're trying to rip the top off of this, right, where it's we need it, we need more teams because we're having top five picks being cut in their second year in the league, and, and, and we should be having uh, charter plane travel for these women. Like, it, it, there's so many no-brainers, Steve, but that's where – uh, we always say there's a ton of progress made, but there's so much more to go, including the imagination of, well, are these women worth it? Are they profitable? I'm like, how many companies in, that are in Silicon Valley get invested in before they're profitable, right? Like, we don't have this conversation where we're talking about dudes. We never do. We never do. Lindsay Brown is at TI Vegas. She's uh, working the set at Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Get on down there, 55-plus TVs. we got VGK going on right now, a full slate of uh, action in the NBA. we got the World Series being played as well, so visit TI Vegas uh, ASAP. DeMond's back in the Finley Toyota Studios. When we come back, we're going to break down a little UNLV football, a little bit of NFL, as we'll uh, bring in Caleb Herring, who's on the road with UNLV football, hanging out here in Fresno. So stick around. Good football convo coming up. This traffic report is brought to you by Finley Toyota in the Valley Auto Mall. Be aware, Halloween night, yes, next Tuesday, the I-15 southbound will be closed between Hacienda Avenue and Sunset Road from 9 p.m. until 5 a.m. the next morning. This traffic report is brought to you by Finley Toyota in the Valley Auto Mall. Over the last 25 years, Finley Toyota has led the city in new and used car sales from the bottom of our hearts. We love you, Las Vegas! It's our 25th anniversary. Come in and see what makes Finley Toyota so special. Oyo Hotel and Casino is quickly becoming a new favorite spot for locals. Our motto is living the good life. At the Underground Lounge, grab $10 buckets, plus local draft beers or buy one, get one free. At Hooters, get a half-price appetizer when you order an entree. Oyo Hotel and Casino is the local's place to be. So whether you're going to a concert, show, or a hockey game on the Strip, start your night and end your night at Oyo Hotel and Casino. Live the good life at the new Oyo Hotel and Casino across from the MGM Grand. Meat Up is offering you the very same premium meat that is purchased by all the finest steakhouses in Las Vegas. I described the Wonderful Week variety pack for only 9 it includes premium Angus Bistro Filets, premium Angus Flat Iron Steaks. You get the finest grass-fed meats. Go to meetupvegas.com to place your order. Sky Diamonds, Las Vegas' true diamond importer, presents its October Bridal Extravaganza. Everything is on sale. 10, 20, 30, 40, even 50% off. Come experience our passion. Remember, don't walk, run to Sky Diamonds. Located in Town Square. Every now and then, life happens, and you or a family member need an outstanding criminal attorney. I'm Tony Abitangelo, and we are the Vegas Lawyers. Whether you need representation for DUI, domestic violence, record stealing, or any other criminal charge, we are here to help. The Vegas Lawyers' background of former judges and vast experience with the Nevada criminal system gives you skilled representation. The Vegas Lawyers, a division of Paul Pata Law, where compassion and strong legal representation come together. Go to thevegaslawyers.com. 
Don't miss the William Hill Radio Show, hosted by Paul Howard. Now live every Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. at the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Palms Casino Resort. He'll break down all the latest betting action, including the odds, matchups, and who betters are backing the most. After the William Hill Radio Show, make the William Hill Sportsbook at Palms Casino Resort your home for betting with live, continuous, and game wagering. Don't miss the William Hill Radio Show every Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. Hey, Jeff. How's the new job working out? <sighs> really sucks. Terrible boss and the paycheck is even worse. I gotta get a new job. Truck you. Wait, what? Truck you. You don't have to curse at me. Dude, you should check out Truck You CDL training. My brother got his CDL license in four weeks and now he has a new career making great money. Okay, I'm listening. Truck You offers small classes with night and weekend times available. They will even help with payment programs. Check them out. Truck, the letter U, LV.com. Truck You. See your Vegas Golden Knights on Friday, November 10th against the San Jose Sharks in the Party Deck. Presented by Sire Spirits. The Party Deck is where all the -the off-the-ice excitement happens, from the Knights Castle to the Night Line. Tickets in the Party Deck are standing room only and include all-you-can-eat food, beer, and wine. Tickets from just $187. Go to LVSportsNetwork.com for all the info. Sponsored by Lerner and Rowe Injury Attorneys, Westar Credit Union, and Las Vegas Honda Dealers. Resale transfer are restricted. Tickets will be delivered by a mobile 48 hours before the game. Are you ready to make your dream of home ownership a reality? Then turn to West Star Credit Union, your trusted mortgage partner in Las Vegas. With competitive rates, flexible terms, and a dedicated team of experts, we'll guide you through every step of the process. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or looking to refinance, we'll work tirelessly to get you the best deal possible. Apply for your mortgage with West Star Credit Union today. Visit us online at weststar.org or stop by one of our branches to get started. West Star Credit Union, where your dreams come home. SEMA Fest takes over Las Vegas on November 3rd and 4th with an exciting two-day festival and automotive playground filled with cars, trucks, music, e-gaming, and food. Live music from Imagine Dragons, Incubus, Third Eye Blind, Bush, Wiz Khalifa, The Struts, A-Rod Jones, and many more. Plus ride and drive activities, Formula Drift, Hoonigan, and a freestyle motocross at BMX Big Air Show from Nitro Circus. Go to SEMAfest.com to get your all-access tickets. SEMA Fest, November 3rd and 4th at the Las Vegas Festival Grounds. This sports update is brought to you by Finley Volvo Cars, Las Vegas' fastest-growing luxury brand, putting safety first since 1927. Rebel football coach Barry Odom on Fresno State's defense, who they'll face tomorrow in California. They're big. They're, they're built right. Inside, they create problems because of their size, and then also they've got good quickness. You probably have to stay on the double team a little bit longer before you work up to the next level, so that affects things in, in the run game on, on how you attack that. The one-on-one block. We've got to find a way to win them. Former UNLV quarterback and current voice of the Rebels on radio, Caleb Herring is live right now on Cofield and Company. All right, back here on a Friday. Cofield and Company. We're in Fresno, getting ready for a UNLV football game against Fresno State. Caleb Herring uh, just got here with the team a little while ago. Uh, really holding back before a wild and crazy night in, in Fresno. Uh, things can get nutty here. Um, <laughs> how many times did you come here as a player? Uh, just once. Just once as a player. Okay. And it was uh, Carr and Devontae Adams last year here. So that was, that was fun. How'd that go? It went bad. I mean, we actually we, we were competitive. Uh, their, their defense was stacked that year. Obviously, Derek Carr did Derek Carr things, and he holds records at the school. 
uh, he and his brother. But uh, it was a tough one, and they were uh, en route to winning a conference, I believe, that year. I'm not sure if they ended up winning at all, but uh, they took it to us on the road here in Bulldog Stadium. So I don't have fondest memories as a player. No, no real uh, redemption story there, right. like with Reno. But uh, yeah, that was the only time, and I we got we got our we got our tails handed to us a little bit that week. This was actually the site in boy, I got to look it up now. Maybe sixteen or seventeen of one of the great upsets in UNLV history when Johnny Stanton moved over from the defense. I mean, he's a quarterback by trade, but yeah. he win the job. Moves over from linebacker. And three touchdown dog, they came in here and they beat the Bulldogs. Yeah, it was insane. And Johnny has actually turned his career at UNLV to an NFL career. And I, he's still podcasting or something on social media. I see he does. Uh, but that was crazy. Uh, strange things have happened in the stadium. UNLV has pulled off upsets. They've been competitive when people thought they wouldn't be. So we'll see if that's the case this week. I think everybody anticipates some competition. Both teams coming in here 6-1. and one. Uh, Conference implications on the line here midway through the season for UNLV to be a part of that conversation is already a step in the right direction. Um, but a win here this weekend, ah, that'd be big. Like it'd be big for the rest of the way the season shakes out. I'll go with my fandom. This was also the site where uh, my school Rutgers came out and they faced Carr and I knew Derek Carr was really good, but I really didn't know a whole lot about Devontae Adams. And I'm like, I'm watching the game. It was 52 51. It was, it was an incredible game, and during the game and after, I'm like, why can't they stop this freaking wide receiver? Because we talk about it often with Jay Norvell's offense, uh, you know, with the quick game with Carson Strong. These guys had it mastered back in, this was what, 2013, yep. where they did the, the quick outs of the sidelines, and it was freaking unstoppable because, you know, as athletic as uh, Devontae Adams is now, back in college, man, you pitch him the ball like two yards in front of the freaking line, and it was like a 12-yard catch every time. Yeah, and Carr, which is something he was always good at and something that translated into the pros, his time for delivery is something that uh, people track now. There's advanced analytics for it. He's one of the quickest releases from snap to throw, I, I would say, arguably of all time. He has a very quick release, and it worked well with the offense that they were running back then, getting the ball out to Adams quick bubble screens, uh, lightning fast offense. They ran a no huddle most of the time. So they put up a lot of points and a lot of points in hurry. There was a couple of games where Carr threw for five plus touchdowns, I believe in that season, just lighten it up offensively. So uh, they're, they're a good team and yeah. <laughs> they still are a good team. It's changed a little bit, not as maybe efficient as it has been in years past. And Jake Hayner in between Carr and now um, obviously was very efficient for years at uh, Fresno State. But now the offense has changed. It's morphed under Tedford into a different iteration of the same thing, but they're still high-powered. They're still explosive, and they uh, still have the ability to load up the points on the scoreboard. Yeah, Mikey Keene is good. Eric Brooks is good. They're not Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. By the way, that night, Devontae Adams had 14 catches for 148 and two touchdowns, and another receiver had 11 catches. So um, let's continue on the UNLV competitiveness here. Uh, a couple years ago, Marcus Arroyo came in here with a team that, you know, probably didn't – I don't know if the team felt that way, but it, from the outside it was like, they're not going to win this game. And then you were here, I was here, and the Rebels actually shocked the stadium. They got out to a great first-half start, and then things started leaking oil because that was the game where Doug Brumfield uh, hurt his back. He had to go out. Cam Friel, true freshman, goes in, and, man, they gutted it out. And, you know, the, the, it's interesting, the theme. I mentioned that, that, uh, you know, that Rutgers game back in the day. Uh, their running back had, I think, 150 – no, 182 that night. 
Charles Williams always always freaking gashed his hometown team, and that's what happened that night. He uh, I think he had a screen pass that went nearly to the house, and man, they had a really good shot. But that that pass game with Jake Hayner, mm-hmm. and at the time it was uh, Moreno Cropper was just crazy. And in some ways, I mean, this UNLV team I think is better. They're better defensively, and I want you to talk about that here in a second. But they've got a chance here. But they have they have to shut down if it's if it's Mikey Keene, and we just had Cam Morrell who uh, does the broadcast as a color voice and sideline dude who played here as a safety. Uh, we just had him tell us about an hour ago that he does think Mikey Keene is going to play. So there is a boost from Logan Fife, the backup, to Mikey Keene. He, Mikey Keene's a really good player. Yeah, he is. He's a, a game changer is kind of the way you look at it. Like both quarterbacks, Fife and Keene, can run the offense in you know, one through three quarters and be efficient. They don't have to sacrifice anything in the playbook. But I think Keene has that it factor. Uh, he's kind of an X factor if games are hanging in the balance. And you've seen Fresno State this year have to kind of snatch games out of the jaws of defeat. In their last outing against Utah State, it was down to the wire. It was like, how are you going to pull this out? And Utah State looked like they had it. They were driving in to, to go ahead at late in the game. But you talk about the past and uh, guys like Jake Hayner in the past and Marino Cropper um, and really Jeff Tedford and just figuring out how to win late in games. And this team has that in their DNA. It's built into their DNA. When you when you talk about UNLV in this season and how Coach Odom has kind of changed the script for UNLV, he mentioned it last week in the post game and he mentioned it during the coaches show, uh, winning in the fourth quarter. And that's something that UNLV, I think, struggled with last year. And even last season, Marcus Arroyo and the bunch had, the, had Fresno State and Allegiant Stadium on the ropes. Um, and it wasn't until late in the game that the Bulldogs were able to pull away and, and get the get the win. But I think this Rebel team has figured out how to win in those critical moments, in the fourth quarter, late in the games, and be competitive. And that has a lot to do with playing early on. And the first, second, third quarter, the rotations on the defensive side, the defensive line, the DBs, the linebackers, all getting in the rotation. So you have fresher legs in the fourth. That's a big thing. Uh, but then there's also a mental side of it, knowing that you can go down and do it. Uh, Two-minute drives to win games. They've had two of them so far this season in tight games. Both were at home. We'll see if they need to or have to and can do that on the road. But I think this bunch is different. And it really comes down to early success. Uh, when you talk about the defensive side of the ball for UNLV, if you were to, and I don't know, there may be some advanced analytics that, that would sum this up numerically for me. But if you took first and second down defensively, I would argue that UNLV probably has one of the better first and second down defenses in the conference. The problem with UNLV is late downs. Third and longs, they've been in a lot of them where people convert. Fourth downs even, where people convert to keep drives alive and and extend those drives into scoring drives. So I think if you were to take a sample size of UNLV on first and second down defensively, you'd say they have a chance against anybody. Now, third down is money down. So you got to figure that out. And Coach Odom is aware of that. And that's why he's not been satisfied, even though the team's sitting at six and one right now, because he knows there's better. There's, there's a standard that he wants to play to. And third down success is a part of that standard. They're going to need it against Fresno State, whichever quarterback's playing, but especially with Keens behind center, third downs are going to be money down. If, he's, if they're unable to get Fresno State off the field on third down, I, I don't see them having a, a really good shot at coming out with the victory here. I don't think a shootout in the air benefits the Rebels. Could they win the game that way? Yes. But to me, this is sort of what this game breaks down to, and it has for a while. If UNLV can run the ball, you'll gain a lot of ground, be physical, but more importantly, keep the Fresno offense off the field. That's gigantic. Yeah. I think time of possession is one way to look at it, but... Even within that, I would say you're looking at 
the length of possessions. So if you have the total amount of possessions uh, that I think the Rebels need to keep the ball out of their hands, not just have the ball for a long time because you can have it and then they get it and score quickly and then you don't have it. But if you control the ball 10, 13 play possessions, and that seems long in today's football where you're used to just scoring quick and putting points on the board. But I think UNLV has a formula. They have the ground game uh, to be able to sustain drives for 10, 13 plays. And controlling first and second down, uh, minimizing negative plays is the way that UNLV can do that. They've done it for stretches. I think we've seen halves of football at a time where UNLV offensively looks like lights out, like they control possession, they dominate in the ground game, uh, they move the ball on third downs, Jaden Maav in the passing game come through when they're needed on third down uh, success at during stretches during games. They're going to need that. They're going to need to have the ball and keep Fresno State on the sideline as long as possible. But the big thing, too, in that, this is a game where I don't think you get away with field goals. That's not saying you're going to go for it on every fourth down inside the 35-yard line. But at some point, you have to offensively be aggressive and take shots to the end zone, I think, because seven is obviously greater than three. I'm, I'm no mathematician, but everybody understands that makes sense. The Rebels are 96% right now in the season in the red zone as far as scoring points. A big chunk of that, however, is field goals. And six of those red zone trips last week were field goal attempts. The Rebels need touchdowns. They need to get the ball in the end zone, and I think against this team especially, uh, to help put the game away if it is a tightly contested one. Caleb Herring is with us. He's breaking down the UNLV Fresno State game on Cofield and Company, ESPN Las Vegas, on the road in Fresno. So, you actually, you brought up an interesting point. We did not get a chance to hit during the podcast. So, we do a podcast every week that's up at UNLV All Access Podcast, and you can see it at Caleb Herring underscore and at Steve Cofield on Twitter. I guess first we should talk about the crown on the field here. It's a, it's a mm. crazy field. Um, and you can describe to people what the, what a crown is and why it's there, but also your first experience with it. My first experience. So first I'll set up what a crown is. A crown is sort of a, a it's built into stadiums. So, you know, you level ground out to build on it, right? But in football stadiums, because weather, there was this method of building a field where you put a kind of a mound in the middle of the field so that if it rained, the water ran off to the sides of the field. So the field wasn't a muddy mess. Um, obviously, there's other irrigation systems now that make the mound not as necessary. But Fresno State has a mound in the middle of the field, right down the middle of the field in between the hashes. It, there's kind of a peak. So my first time playing uh, at Bulldog Stadium, Coach Rosenbaugh, the offensive coordinator, warned me all week. He said, there's a crown. Like, the, when you're throwing through the silent, just <laughs> be aware of it. Okay. Yeah, he was, like, right. okay. I was like, okay, I got it, whatever. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I get it. Um, so I was aware of it, but the first play from scrimmage, literally offensively, we ran a hitch, a five-yard hitch on the sideline, and I'm on the top of the mound because the ball's in the middle of the field, and I throw to the sideline. The ball goes probably five, six yards over the head of the intended receiver, out of bounds into the sideline. And I was like, the crown, it got me. <laughs> <laughs> the crown has taken another It's like throwing out a first pitch. Exactly. And it was like, you're, it's, on, the you're on the mound and you're throwing down to home yep. plate. That's exactly what it is. That's a great analogy. So I come to the sideline, I get yelled at, I told you about the crown. And there's like whole conversation about it. Um, but the crown is, it has an effect. And Coach Odom actually mentioned that the crown had a different purpose when you're running triple option because you're running downhill and you feel fast on the field. Yep. Uh, whenever you're running toward the sideline. So that's an element that maybe guys in the past, like Marino Cropper, 
who looks like lightning when he catches those little shallow passes. They're going downhill. They're going downhill. It's, you do this, these crosses? Yeah. It's, it's, not... it's hard to catch up, especially when guys understand it and know how to how to use it. They're home field. It's so it adds to the home field advantage. Obviously, there's going to be 25,000-plus here. The Bulldogs are having a great season. Their fans oh, turn out. It's going Cam to be, Morrell told us he thought 37,000. So it's going to be packed. It's going to be loud. So that's home field advantage in one way. Then the crown in the middle of the field is another thing. It's, it's going to be a raucous arena, and I think everybody understands. Mountain West understands. You know, the game's going to be on Fox uh, FS1. So everybody understands the implications of this game. It's a big one midseason for both teams. So um, the crown will have an impact, but other factors I think will be at play as well. I'll give you one more thing on the crown, and you hit on it about six minutes ago without realizing. Um, what is it like for the kickers? Ooh. Is, are the hashes wide enough where you're actually running uphill a little bit? See, the thing about it, the hashes in college are a lot wider than, right. than NFL. So I would think that it does. I didn't think of it when I played. I don't think we ended up kicking from the hashes at all as far as field goals go. But I do think that might have even your approach because your steps might be a little bit off as far as where your, your, your leg angle is stepping into it. It might be a little bit off. Maybe they have to calculate that during warm-ups. That's something to look out for. That may play a big role, especially if it's a tight one. I know the spread is what nine, I think. So nine I and a half now. Yeah. So I, I mean, the betters are thinking it's going to be a little bit lopsided, but I do think that it might be a close game. And judging by how UNLV's had success in special teams and with field goals, especially last week, and keeping them in the game, if they do need to kick field goals, maybe trying to center the ball late is is going to be a priority here for both teams. You realize the the game last year. I almost said the trip to Fresno last year, but they weren't here in Fresno. The game last year between Fresno State and UNLV was part of kind of spelling the ultimate doom for Marcus Arroyo. If they make a couple of tackles on the outside, they give up 65-yard pass touchdown to Cropper and a 33-yard on a fourth down mm -hmm. to Cropper. Not guaranteeing they win, but they make those tackles. They got to grind out those drives because on the other side, UNLV just busted Fresno State in the mouth repeatedly. Now, do they have Aiden Robbins this year? No. Did they have a better run game? Yes. Robbins last year went for, I think it was 29 carries and 146. And that was one of those games where it looked like the other side was like, stop. We don't want to get hit anymore by this 240-pound running back. So I wonder how physical they can be. Because um, they did. UNLV ran for 221 last year at Allegiant against Fresno. And uh, Cam Worrell was telling us they were a little beat up defensively. And Lavelle Bailey is a, a question. He's one of their linebackers. But they did give up 240 on the ground, Caleb, to Utah State. And this rush attack is a little different in the way that they're not just running conventional outside zone, inside zone type of stuff coming at you. The the go-go offense and Coach Marion's offense and the play-calling scheme, I think, is a little bit more complex in the ground game. And not to mention, they have a stable at running back. Mention physicality. Aiden Robbins was great. He was physical. He's huge. He was massive. Donovan Lester last week put on a physicality clinic. He crushed the Rams defenders and you can see in the fourth he quarter, rammed the Rams yeah, he rammed the Rams that was probably one of your more corny things I, I I'll give it to you though. that made I, I appreciate that it made sense dad jokes in full effect I appreciate those Uncle Steve. Whenever, <laughs> whenever I get it but uh Donovan Lester put on this play he can run physical as well and and the Colorado State Rams will will attest to that um and I think there was some some tapping out on that side because of the physicality and the offensive line and the rest of the team for UNLV thrived on that and the physicality element of football for them on both sides of the ball is something that they want to establish. Can they do it again? Can they establish a ground game? Will it be Lester again? Because it, I said Donovan Lester, Vincent Davis is a physical runner as well. He's not as big, but he's hard to bring down on that first tackle. So 
we'll see who's able to to be that influential player in the backfield. Obviously, they have four or five guys when they're fully healthy that can have a breakout game. We'll see how that shakes out, and I, I figure the ground game will have a, a, a big influence on the outcome. I find football fascinating on so many fronts, but one of them is week-to-week consistency and motivation. And you know where I'm going with this. You become bowl eligible. That next week, do you have it? Now, the break here is that you're in the race in the conference, and you've got one of the big boys in the conference. So you should be fired up, but it doesn't guarantee it. I think that is the case, and I'm not going to disagree with that point at all. So you look for things within the team throughout the week leading up to this game to see if that's the case, if there's any laps. I will say from spending some time with the guys, from listening to coach and listening to the guys basically sound like coach, they've looked at getting bowl eligible as evidence of something greater, of the ability to do something greater. I don't think if they lose or if there's a letdown this week, it won't be because they're not emotionally ready to handle bowl eligibility. There's a, it was a big deal. And Coach Odom alluded to this a little bit in the coach's show uh, this past Wednesday about there could have been a looming cloud over the season if you didn't get bowl eligibility right away. It was really good to get five, then six in consecutive weeks. Because if you got five, and then the next week you're like, and you're still at five, and then we got that you're still at five, then the anxiety and the stress about bowl eligibility builds. But the fact that they got it relatively quickly, I mean, you couldn't get it much quicker unless you played in week zero or you went undefeated, right? So the Rebels are one of few teams across the nation, if you're looking at, you know, statistically, that are bowl eligible today. Like right now, if the season ended, they would get a bowl game. Uh, so that's good uh, to not have that looming over your season. So, and I think this bunch is uh, built mentally, and they've been hardened through through iron and steel and battle with Coach Odom and his mentality. Um that this isn't the standard and they know what the standard is and they know what they're chasing. It was good. It was a good milestone along the way, but I think the mentality this week has been, it was just that a milestone. We got bigger fish to fry. Caleb Herring's with us, former quarterback of the rebels. Last thing, last couple of minutes to address. When you played, did you ever have a rift with someone on the team or a couple people on the team? You're a pretty easy going guy. At least you were. <laughs> um, you ever a rift where it took weeks or maybe even a season to, close that rift because we've got a situation that developed a few weeks ago with our UNLV broadcaster bites podcast and Caleb really went after well I can't, we actually both did I stirred the pot we really went after the UNLV admin guys Mark and Andy and they had some trouble in El Paso and we accused them of not preparing for the trip we take the food trip very seriously and they melted down. It was a three-way attack on us for accusing them of being less than prepared. Yeah. And you extended an olive branch last week, and you went out with them. I couldn't make the uh, Reno trip. Yeah. And now they're waiting by the broadcast to go out <laughs> with you and myself again. I don't want to tell them, so I'm going to say it quietly. I did reach out to someone else almost as a side piece. And if that person takes my offer... There's going to be a, there's going to be hell to pay. Well, that is squarely on you. I, it, I, is, it is on me. I've I've extended the olive branch, and the olive branch was accepted. I I don't. I know. think the rift has been closed. It's yet to be determined if you're still in hot water here. If I, they, I wasn't much. I'll tell you what. I wasn't much of a player with the ladies, but when <laughs> opportunities arose, and I, I could juggle a couple, um, 
you know, you might set something up with one person and then at the you know, late in the process be like, I can't make it. And then you walk right out the door with someone else. <laughs> I well, feel I feel like I think part of doing this that this could get really ugly. Part of doing that, you have to have the ability to have separate locations. We're at the same hotel. There's no way you're going to sneak out of the lobby without one of the other people seeing you, right? So if you're going to do that, I, still have to, I have to go to my room. I got to yeah. freshen up. And this is an open air hallway too. The hotel we're staying in, like it you is. can see everybody when they're walking through the hallway. If somebody's camped out in the lobby, poaching, waiting to see. You can be spotted. Uh, if easily you're up, here. if you're upstairs, the the uh, the guardrail wall thing, I can army crawl over to the back of the building. If you want to stoop to that level and humiliate yourself, then <laughs> feel free to do it. Feel free to do it. But I don't think it's that extreme. I think we just double extend the olive branch. I think I'm in good graces. So whatever I decide to do tonight. Well, I, I did. I did invite the other group to the same place. That's but good. I'm but I'm watching the text feverishly, and I'm not getting an answer as I usually do. So I might just get did rejected. Did you get left unread? Like is that? Uh, it looks like it. <laughs> It looks like it. I thought you and I were a hot commodity, but apparently not. So, <laughs> only to get laughed at. I mean, we but, have fans. But this is I will be, say I this. have to be really careful during this meal. I will say no, this. No admin. criticizing orders. No, because that's one thing I will do. Yeah. Um, no mocking on like weak drink choices. Mm -hmm. uh, there's going to be some other stuff. I'm going to have to hold my tongue. I think I want I, the I want the piece to be good moving forward. I have. I can't do this anymore. It's that, too stressful. That one of the things you can do to make yeah. sure it goes well. If you sprinkle budget into this, yeah, like make sure whatever we do, wherever we eat, has a budget-friendly price. Yeah, I don't think they get. I think they, everybody's a fan of that. They got a real kick out of that whole conversation <laughs> on the podcast. If you want to hear that podcast? It's UNLV Broadcaster Bites podcast. We also do uh, UNLV All Access podcast. Caleb, good job, excellent radio guy. You can hear him on the Ted Wins pregame show tomorrow at six thirty to start things off. Is UNLV is on the road against Fresno State? They're just about a ten-point dog. As both teams are six and one. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. We are back tomorrow at uh, TI at Gold Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Magnum and Lindsey Brown, who's on with us here on Cofield and Company, start off at 9 a.m. Uh, your guests tomorrow are... Uh, well, we're going to be talking to Brittany Forsa. As you've already had your interview, I got to, I got the pleasure to interview her as well. And then we're going to be talking to my co-host on Raider Nation Radio, Clay Baker, as we are set to uh, talk to him all about Detroit because that's where he hails from. And he's been through uh, a lot of trials and tribulations as a Lions fan, and it's a good time to be a Lions fan. So we're going to talk to him it, about that. It feels good right now for Lions fans. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a good thing. Uh, World Series, we now have a 2-2 game. Uh, Texas got out to a 2-0 start. It's in the third. Zona just struck back, so 2-2 game in the World Series, and you can get down to the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar and check out the game tonight. Oh, boy. Odds on this one going in. Texas was a minus-170 favorite. The Blackhawks today, Lindsay, were plus-285. What yeah. in God's yeah. name just happened? Overtime hockey happened. Overtime hockey and Corey Perry setting an excellent screen in front of Aiden Hill. Uh, he's one of the, the most annoying players in the NHL, former MVP, and now with the Chicago Blackhawks uh, basically entrusted with making sure nobody tees off too badly on Connor Bedard. But uh, Knights didn't bring their best game. They haven't brought their best game in the last few. They've gotten away with a, a few points here and there. And so while the it is not unblemished any longer, there's not a slash in the official loss category because it wasn't the overtime frame. But uh, certainly something to hopefully back, 
bounce back from tomorrow as they face a very, very hungry Kings team that always seems to give them a, uh, a tough game. Wild Bill had a goal and assist in the game. You were talking about Pavel earlier. For the audience that doesn't follow hockey a whole lot, mm -hmm. tell us about him and how the Knights got him. About Dorofiev? I, I yeah. don't know what it is. I, I, I just yeah, know when they he's get He's a third-round pick. Yeah, he's, he's a third-round third pick. pick, which, yep, which he, gets, uh, gets me thinking again. While the Knights go big game hunting all the time, and mm -hmm. and with the first round picks, basically say f them picks like the Rams. Yeah, they are incredibly productive in finding good players in the non first round segment of the draft. Oh, absolutely, and even in uh, free agents, right? I mean, Zach Whitecloud was undrafted. Paul Cotter wasn't drafted very high. Uh, th those are two names that stick out to me. Dorafib hasn't really gotten the same run that Cotter has on this roster yet, uh, and so we'll see if there's a little bit more of an extended stay depending on how long the Nick Watt injury is going to stick around. But you're absolutely right because if, if you're going to ship out all of your picks the way they have, you better be, have a nose for talent in the places that other people usually don't look or at least the development model to bring the best out of these players that nobody else seemingly uh, had had the beat on them. And so Pavel's going to be expected to score. Pavel has a lot of experience, at least the, the limited stuff that he had last year with William Carlson. Uh, he had that, that, that string of games where I think he was scoring at least a goal a game, four, three or four or five in a row. And so uh, that's the nice thing about this team and why I think Bruce Cassidy's juggling a lot of the lines is that you just want to get chemistry with a bunch of different pieces because lines go cold sometimes. And, and you got to be able to, to switch things up and get production as soon as you possibly can so whatever dry streak you're in, uh, you can bounce out of. And so you're getting a lot of extra looks uh, to start the season. But so far, uh, they've managed it pretty well, just not the best today. All of our hockey talk today is brought to you by Lerner and Rowe, your personal injury attorneys. Uh, Damon, I want a UNLV prediction from you against Fresno State. 27-24 UNLV. Is that right? Okay. Let's so go. they easily cover, get the money line, and they go under. The second thing I need from you is you're actually not going to gamble on the game or gamble at all this weekend, my friend. Can't afford to. Right. There you go. I didn't. I didn't want to be wagging Uncle Steve here, but uh, the account's in the negative. Steve, need that uh, check to get get here quick. There you go. Well, I think Lindsay said she's going back to the station, so she'll give you a loan for the weekend. You can have a good time. Maybe you can double up on her money. I got three dollars in my account, so I'm waiting for that <laughs> check as well. <laughs> don't don't lend. Yeah. No. Nope, no. Do nope. not do it. Lindsay, great job. I really appreciate you uh, helping us out today. Of course. Thanks for the invite. Anytime. And thanks to all our guests, Kim Mulkey and Brittany Forrest and Caleb Herring uh, just talked to us for a little bit. Also, Lou Rod from UNLV Basketball. We will see. Have a great weekend.